Welcome again to another episode of the Ryan and Stacey show. Stacey, it's been so eventful. Like we now, I'm, I'm, I, no offense, but we now live in a world where Alabama and Clemson aren't in the college football playoffs. We live yeah. in a world where it's, it's, a, it's a brave new world. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird for me. At at one time, uh, for a second, I thought we were going to make it, but I knew unless TCU was blown out, and apparently, even if they were blown out, they were Alabama wasn't going to get in. They they weren't going to allow it. No, no, you cannot. You know, I think Ohio State losing to Michigan helped them. It was a close loss. Kansas State beat TCU. Uh, in a close game. Like, see, here's the thing. They didn't lose to a bad team. It wasn't like you lost to, let's say, let's just go Texas Tech. If you lose to Texas Tech, then you don't go to the playoffs. You shouldn't. That's a bad loss. If you lose to, um, if you lose to, uh, let's just throw another team out. If you lose to right. Or if you lose to Arkansas State, you shouldn't go to the playoffs. Because that's a bad loss. Losing to Kansas State isn't really a bad loss if we're being real, uh, Stacey. No, it's not. And uh, they played them close uh, a few weeks ago. So, no, I mean, I, I think it's not a bad loss. Um, but I, you know, I think the, the right hand right was on the wall when they put Ohio State ahead of Alabama in the polls, so it didn't matter what happened. All four were going to stay in, so it didn't matter. Right. I, I, I think you needed to have two one-loss teams in there, uh, and that was the right call to make. You have to put two both. You had to put both of them in there. Ohio State lost to Michigan. Um, TCU lost to um, TCU lost to Kansas State. So it's like you have two really good losses. So they really helped themselves by losing to Michigan and losing to Kansas State. It's not like now if Michigan had a loss to Purdue, then we can have a conversation. Yeah, I, you know, I said that. I said, hey, you have Michigan then you, would or, have, you definitely would have had a conversation because, yeah, because then you say, okay, then you're going to discuss whether or not, you know, what happens then with one loss Michigan and one loss Ohio State, who goes and all this stuff. Yeah, you would have had a conversation then. I think you would have to go by the bad, the, who, which team had the better loss? Right. Ohio State. And I think if, if in that case, I would put, I would, I would put, I would put TCU, it would have been Georgia, it would have been Ohio, I would have had Georgia, Ohio State. TCU, Michigan still would have gotten there. Yeah, I don't think they would have fell that far. Because, you know, I don't think they would have fell that far. Because Alabama, okay, Alabama would have been the best two-loss team ahead of, I mean, but then USC would have been ahead of Bama. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, in in all likelihood, 
Alabama was, I don't care what happened with the other four. I, I believe now, and I think from what the committee said, it didn't matter what Alabama did. They were never going to get in. It wasn't going to happen. Even though I think, honestly, no, and you I know this to be did. true, Ohio, if Ohio did. State and TCU probably going to get blown out, everybody and their mama are going to sit there and realize Alabama could have gave either one of the other two teams uh, a better game. Because I truly believe TCU is probably going to get whooped by Michigan. And Ohio State is probably going to get killed by Georgia. And when that happens, yeah, everybody and their mom is going to say, well, Alabama should have been in. Because he, here's my thing, and I ask all the time, do people want the four best teams in the country to play, or do they want the four most deserving? And I think this year is the four most deserving. Because that's what we got. Because you can't tell me, and, and Nick Saban said it, and I'm 100% with him, they would be favored uh, over three of these four teams. And then it would be close with Georgia. So you can't sit there and tell me they couldn't beat Ohio State, they couldn't beat Michigan, and they, they could have beat Ohio And I, I think they would have beaten TCU. TCU, they, they look, they look very flawed against Baylor and down the stretch. Like you got to, you know, um, you got to look at it. I look at it this way: they look beatable against Baylor. It was amazing grace and tough that beat got that got them to beat Baylor. Um, they look beatable. Max Dugan is a great quarterback, great quarterback, but that defense leaves a lot to be desired. And and I just really think that it really like you know the whole sluggish plane and whatnot really came back to bite them. Yes, they got they got the game to overtime, but he still lost. He lost by three points. And by the grace of God. Michigan beat Purdue, and by the grace of God, Ohio State didn't have a, a blowout loss against uh, Michigan. I mean, they did, but... But I think, see, this is the thing that bothers me, and I, as an Alabama fan, the only reason Alabama didn't get in because of one loss. That, that one loss that either... One of those losses, Alabama would have easily got in probably over Ohio State, because how do you justify letting Ohio State in other than they just lost one game because they got killed at home to Michigan. And now they get yeah. to go, get the honor to get killed by, by Georgia. And that's what I'm saying is that once this happens, one of these, you know, when two of these teams get blown out, more than likely it's going to be Ohio State and TCU. Then everybody and their mama is going to sit there and say Alabama should have been in. And that's why I keep on saying people need to stop saying they want to see the four best teams in America because you're not going to convince me neither TCU or uh, Ohio State are better than Alabama. Michigan and Georgia might be better than Alabama, but TCU and Ohio State don't deserve to be there. Don't care what nobody tells them. They don't. I mean, oh, TCU might deserve to be there more. TCU deserves to be there more than Ohio State, but you're not going to sit there and tell me that Ohio State's better than Alabama. I saw them get whooped, and I saw them almost get beat a few weeks ago. I ain't convinced. Right, 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 right. I think there's just so much stuff to be desired by this. It really is. Um, I will say this. The debunking of the brand, like we were all thinking, well, TCU is not going to get in, in the uh, playoffs because TCU isn't a brand. No, 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 no. They play in a big, they play in the big 12. They play in the big 12. There are kids that don't remember when TCU was bad. I don't ever, like, I'm 
I don't ever recall a bad TCU program. I mean, yeah, they had some slippage a few a few times, but for most of my life, TCU football been, has been very good, very phenomenal, very phenomenal. And they started, they've done this, they built that program from Conference USA, from the West to the Mountain West, Conference USA, because I'm old enough to remember when they played in the, they played in, the, they played in Conference USA, they won the conference there. Then they won. They won the WAC. They won the conference. Uh, conference USA. Then they won the Mountain West, and they parlayed that into being in the Big Twelve. And there are people that have grown up and they have never seen a bad. They don't know how mediocre TCU football has been. Well, was before Dennis Franchoni got there. So they are a brand. They are a brand, a name brand in college football, just as much as a Texas, as a Texas A&M. They have a bigger brand than I would say. They have a bigger brand than than, than, than Texas Tech, and of course SMU, and of course, well, Houston is going to have a bigger brand than SMU and Texas Tech. But at the end of the day. They, the brand, the whole, they weren't going to get in because of the brand. That's also, that was also the bug when they got put into the, into the, uh, into the college football playoff. Same way what we saw last year with Cincinnati. Cincinnati isn't, they not, they're not a name, they, historically, they're not a name brand, but history in these days, in, in this day and age, is two seconds ago. Cincinnati is a name brand in college football. It's a name brand because every coach that they've had has gone on to a P5, to a, uh, have gone on to a P5 job. From every dating back to Mark D'Antoni, you brought in Mark D'Antoni, kept it rolling with Brian Kelly, kept it rolling with Butch Jones. Coming to the era is something that you don't write home to mom about. But then you bring in Luke Fickle, he takes you to a few championships. Hell, Tommy Tupperville won a share of the uh, of the uh, AAC. His, one of those years, he won a share of the AAC championship. He just mailed it in towards the end of his, his tenure in Cincinnati. But my point is, and this is where I'm going to land my plan at before we move on, he the Cincinnati program is a name brand in the same parlance that it used to be with Tulsa basketball. Tulsa basketball was a name brand because a lot of those coaches, the, the Nolan Richardson, Nolan Richardson, Tubby Smith, Buzz Peterson, Steve Robinson, and most famously Bill Self, they all went on to do bigger and better, bigger and better things at P5 schools. So that being said, it's a name brand. It's a name brand. Um, so now we're gonna shift over and shift gears into um this stuff with Dion Stacey. Um there's been so much shit that has come out. You and I have had conversations about this. There's so much stuff. 
So I was going to have my homie uh, Port, Porsche and Jackson to come on and talk with us, but he didn't uh, check in or anything. But um, I talked to a lot of people who are ATCU alums, who are Jackson State people, people who live in Jackson, and everything. We told, you and I, we both told people this was going to happen. We all saw this. Did we? Yeah, I mean, we all knew this was going to happen. I mean, all of us said it, but as we discussed, what has pissed people off, it wasn't the fact that he left, it's how he left. Yeah, it's like, it's the thing that, the stuff that I've been hearing, and this is some of the stuff, because, um, he asked me a bunch of questions. He's a, psych, he's a psychology major, I believe, and um, and Jackson. So she question, she asked me a few questions because we were talking like last night, uh, last night or whatever. So the first thing he asked me, the first thing that she asked, the first thing was, did he take advantage of black? Did he take? Um, did he capitalize off of black exploitation while being at Jackson State University? I said, yeah, he did. I'm gonna tell you why he did. I'm gonna tell you why he did. And you can disagree or agree with me on this or whatnot, uh, Stacy. The reason why I say he took advantage of being, of, of, he capitalized off of black exploitation. The reason why I say this is because. If you're about the culture, anytime a person's saying, I'm about the culture, they're not really for the culture. I know too many people that are like that, especially black folks. I know too many black people that are like that. You never hear, you never heard him talk, any, mention anything, anything about the history of HBCU football. And it's a very proud lineage. A very proud lineage. Okay? He was never in this shit for himself. I mean, he was never in this shit for the for the culture. He was in it for himself. I told you the other night, the more I thought about I you remember that reality show he had, Beyond Family Playbook? You remember that? Yeah, yeah, we talked about that today. Okay. When I saw that, I watched some of those episodes. And it was a, I love the episodes because I love seeing a, a black father being portrayed in a positive light. I like, I loved the uh, the videos that he did with his kids when the, he was at Jackson State. It showed, a, 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 it not showed just not only a coach, but a dad. Like a dad, like it, it was fun. I loved it. But also at the same time, what I also did see was Dion's family playbook, the college year. And I told my homie Port when he did that, who ain't swag if I ain't swag shit. I said, y'all, y'all eating that shit up now, but it's going to come back to haunt y'all. When he did that shit, because they did, he had, um, he had a, 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 a hoodie that said 
who is sweat? And then on the back, he say, I am sweat. Now, let's get to this thing. Now, let's pull it back, bring it back a little bit. Did you know that Deion Sanders is the reason why the state of Florida has a law saying that you have to attend your classes in order to play in a bowl game? He didn't attend any of his classes. Like the last year he was at Florida State, he didn't attend any of his classes. Yeah, his jersey's retired by the university. But he didn't he didn't he didn't attend any of his classes. They call it the Deion Sanders Law. That was instituted in nineteen eighty seven. The reason why he that right, now now hold on a second here. I hate saying that to a woman, but but I'm gonna say this. Talladega College, he got his degree from Talladega College, but it was an accelerated degree that allowed him to coach. That allowed him to coach. He wasn't checking for no damn D2, no D2 FBS bullshit. He wanted to coach FBS. He applied, tried to go to Alcorn, he tried to go to Arkansas, and them folks said no. When he was in the hospital, they said he interviewed at TCU from the hospital bed. He was never going to stay long term. He used Jackson State football as a backdrop, as a backdrop to a reality TV show. And he treated Jackson State and the SWAT as if they were just it was just a charity case. Now, here's the other thing. He isn't, he, they were, the, the, uh, here's some other stuff, and I found this very fascinating. Very fascinating. This is stuff that I found very fascinating. Very fascinating. Um, the stuff about, um, let me see here, and I'm trying to pull it up right now. Because this is stuff from Jackson State people. This isn't stuff that's off the internet. Because the guy that, that, that screenshot of that shit that had been going viral, the Facebook post, my friend told me that it was a rapper who had been in and out of jail. Okay? Well, while you're looking it up, I'll say this. I We've all, I mean, We've had this discussion amongst ourselves. We knew. the Like I said, it's just like Bahama Jones said yesterday, and I wrote about people are heartbroken and they're upset because of how he did it. He came in supposedly as a savior type, and I'm going to do this for the swag, and I'm going to do that for Jackson State. Knowing good and damn well, as we discussed, he had no intentions of being there forever. He knew this was a stepping stone. And I think it's sad is the naivete of a lot of us. And I'm talking about black folks believing when someone says, like you said, they're doing it for the culture. They're not doing it for the culture. They're doing it for themselves. He had every intention at certain points to move on. That was the point. And I, I thought it was strange. He went to Colorado, but clearly he wanted to get the hell up out of there. He wanted to. 
He wanted to. Um, this is what happened. They built the, uh, they have a thing called the Walter Payton Center. It's like a student center. And it was constructed in 2019, a year before Coach Prime arrived. So that gives him saying that he donated his salary to improve um, the building. Um, to um, the, uh, they improved that facility. No, that was built before he got there. Okay. People who went to Jackson State will tell you this. They started renovating it. In 2019, okay. So other the other stuff, the other stuff. Um, the the decision to convert the payment to a football center facility wasn't widely accepted by the student body, but it was in the works when some of these people were in the undergrad ten years ago at Jackson State. Okay, so. Jackson State, Dion had nothing to do with that. You know, Dion uh, had nothing to do with that. Also, there was another thing that I saw, and this was uh, here's some more too. And uh, and this was just, I was just like blown away by all. Of Did you know that Cindy Hodge Smith, the white Republican, uh, not governor, but the representative from Mississippi? Tried to get Prime to stay. No, Did you know that? No. Yeah. He he literally tried to get him to stay, and I didn't know this until uh, I did not know this until there was a Facebook post that got brought up. Uh, that got brought up, um, and I'm trying to look it up right now as I'm talking to you. Um. Other came. And this is what he said here. Sandy Highsmith attempted to step in and work towards finding funding that would at least get Deion Sanders to $3 million annually. He, told, he also says this. Deion told JSU officials that it was nothing that they could offer him to stay. It was about that more than $5 million a year in getting coached to a, on a Power 5 level. Okay? So now, Here's the thing. His actual salary was five hundred thousand dollars. It's three hundred thousand dollars base plus two hundred thousand from the, uh, the the athletic association. That's like you know, like Florida has. Uh, they have like uh, an association for the for athletics. Okay. Um, his assistance pool was the highest in their conference and almost double the previous staff. So when he says, "Oh, I'm looking, I'm trying to look out for my uh, assistance," he's lying his ass off. He's lying his ass off. Okay. All right. So other, other also in addition to that, the agency that represents him had a deal with the Athletic Foundation that allowed them to receive a sizable portion of any sponsorship dollar that they brought in. This was in addition to incentives that were already agreed upon for him to receive. Okay? The whole thing of him spending his own money. The athletic funding, the athletic facility was funded by the university and put in motion well prior to his arrival. He did not donate any of his salary to get it finished. He donated a small portion of funds 
to cover unapproved changes he orders. Okay? Now, here's some more tea. Here's some more tea. And then I'll let you, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, um, I'll let you, I'll shut up and I'll, um, uh, let you talk. All right, here's another thing that happened. Here's another thing that happened. Uh, and I'm trying to look this, um, look this up. Uh, 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 I'm trying to look this up right now. I'm trying to look this up right now. Okay. Jackson State did exhaust all avenues to try to keep him. Okay. Here's some other stuff. And this is from people, and this is where he tends to hurt. Because my friend Porsche asked me this, and then I'm going to shut up and I'll let you talk. He asked me, Ryan, did Dion pop? Did Dion, did he take advantage of black trauma and abandon him? And I told her, yes. Here's why I say this, Stacey. He invoked George Floyd. He said when the George Floyd shooting happened, that's when he decided to go to an HBCU. He invoked one of the most traumatic moments in American history and said, I'm going to ride away and go to an HBCU and coach. No. The reason why his fucking ass went there because no FBS school wanted to cut him. Hello? Oh. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Well, I mean, let, let me say this. I, 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 I was just saying. I was just saying. I was just saying. Is, I think that the naivete of black folks, like I said, we have to stop believing that that black celebrities, and, and, and I've said this before, that we had to stop. I mean, even Jason Whitlock, who I never agree with, said it ourselves, that we sitting up here hollering about sticking together and doing stuff and doing Black Wall Street and all this shit. And he writes, soon as white folks give us a slight opening, we run through it. We forget about all of what we said, and that's what Dion did. That's what has pissed people off, is what he yeah. said. He said, say, and I said, other than this, I guess I'm saying this, he's being disingenuous about all of this. Don't sit there and invoke the Lord's name and sit there and tell us that the Lord called you to be there. And then basically say, well, the Lord told you to go. That's about the crap. That is a straight up lie. Just tell the truth and say, listen, I left because it was more money, better facilities, and honestly, because of a lot of the shit we dealt with with Jackson. That would have been truthful. People might have been understanding. But to sit there and, 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 and to invoke the Lord's name and invoke all this stuff, knowing it's phony. That's what I keep on. And a lot, a lot of people say, well, people, I'll be glad for his opportunity. It's not. And people, that's, people are missing. It's not about that. It is the fact that how he left and how he came in and want to invoke the Lord and, 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 and Christianity and all this into this. It's a blatant lie. Just tell the truth. I left because they offered more money. I left because the situation in Jackson wasn't great. I left because the facilities in, in Colorado were better. Be honest. People don't like when you lie. Just tell the damn truth, especially black folks. We don't like to be lied to. We don't. Don't like, don't, don't, don't bullshit. Don't, 
Don't sit there. And I think that's a, and Bahamian Jones, like I said, what he said on CNN hit it dead on. That's what people are mad about. It ain't the fact that he went to Colorado because everybody said, well, everybody's mad because he went to Colorado. No, it's the fact that he sat there and he lied about his situation. And they basically lied because he would just be honest. I mean, it's just like breaking up with somebody. That's what pisses women off a lot. It's not a lot of times, it's not the fact that the man is gone, it's how y'all leave. And then you leave and you wonder why she acting crazy and she ain't over it because it's how you left. Same thing with Dion. It's not the fact that he's gone. It's how he left. It's that I'm planning to be here for a long period of time, but soon as the first white collar, and like I said, and let me say something. Black folks, let's stop being stupid. Let's stop being naive. This Negro was never going to be here. We done told you that. It was me. It was I you. Everybody. We done told you this. We told people online. We kept on saying on the podcast, this man is gone soon as the first good Division One job opening comes. We know, I mean, Colorado, let's be honest, is not a great job opening. He was ready to go. He was just going to be gone anyway. He was going to either go to South Florida, Colorado, or Cincinnati, whoever told him. And if Auburn was a better situation, he'd be in Auburn. But the thing about it is, he was gone. Like you said, he was already interviewed for Arkansas. He was already interviewing for TCU. He was interviewing yeah. for jobs behind Jackson State. Black folks and State fans, HBU fans didn't want to hear the shit. They didn't want to hear it. They, 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 they thought he was for the culture. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to tell you who was swat. Jay Hobson was swat. I'm going to tell you why he was swat. He stayed there four years. He won two swat championships. And between 2012 and 2019, Alcorn State won four swat championships. Four. They won a black. They, he stayed all four years, and then they elevated Fred McNair, uh, Steve's brother, to uh, the job. But Jay Hopson wanted to go to Southern Miss. Okay, that's his alma mater. He didn't go to Al. He didn't go to Colorado, and I don't think people who were around during that time. We're mad at Jay Hopkins for leaving for Southern Miss. He stayed in his state. It's it's not like he didn't he understood what he was up against because he was the first white coach in the swag. But also, also he wasn't an asshole. There was so much disrespect from just from just you know, you're running up the score on guys. Like, you hung 56 on Grambling. You hung 61 on Alabama a and And I get it. They're not good teams. But they were running up the score on, play, on teams. They were running up the score. You know? No, I mean, but that's what I'm saying is that so many people, you know, black college fans, you know, HBCU fans were convinced that Dion meant what he said. And now they got egg on their face and looking stupid. And that's what, like I said, that's what, that's what a lot of people are angry about too, is that- I he, knew this you know, was coming. We saw this coming. We saw this coming. I remember when that whole Who Is Swag thing came out. Everybody was at Eddie Robinson Jr.'s neck. I said, y'all eating that shit up right now. But let me tell you something. And I said this, the day of, when it happened, because I was at a softball tournament, this was when my mom was in the hospital. 
I remember watching that. And I remember seeing all the theatrics. They did the who is whack thing at the Jackson State game when they played Southern. I said, that's just going to backfire if he leaves. Um, because everybody who they ran the score up on, they got Jackson State circled for next year. Regardless of who the coach is going to be, they got that shit circled for next year. But, but this is also the other thing. He disrespected a lot of people in the SWAC. He made the SWAC him. Yeah. It wasn't about, it, it, it's like, I saw through his bullshit better than anybody. It was like, okay, you hung 59 on Florida A&M. You hung 66 on Alec on Grambling. You hung 61 on um on Alabama A and M. They were running up the score on play on teams. And they created this divide of it's Jackson State and everybody else. It wasn't the swag anymore. It became the Dion, the Dion show. And people got tired of it. I talked to people who went to Southern. I talked to people that were in Jackson. My friend Porch told me Jackson club promoters they are mad as fuck at Dion right now. Because Dion, his son was performing in them clubs. And now since he left, oh, they can't, he, his ass can't come back to Jackson. It's shocking that he, it's shocking that they allowed him to coach the Celebration Bowl. I'm like, why are you letting him coach the Celebration Bowl? Well, I like, why? I agree. Well, I wouldn't allow him to do it. I would tell him to get his ass on. You go, you're a Colorado coach now. I would tell him to get his ass on. You know, I was telling people, I was telling people this. It's like, have respect for the shoulders that you stand on. He didn't have any of that. You never heard him talk about W.C. Gordon or Willie Totem or any of the players that played at Jackson State. Jackson State got more college fo- uh, pro football Hall of Fame than Ole Miss, Southern Miss, and Mississippi State. He, you never heard him talk about that shit. Then my friend showed me a video, and this is, we'll move on to talking about um, the Heisman. This is what she also told me. They showed a video. It was a clip. It was a lot. He was on Instagram Live. I didn't see it, but I didn't see it, the original clip. I saw the clip that she sent me. And she was like, they were uh, they had asked him about what he thought of Jackson. And he said, none of the people in Jackson care about my health. Nobody ever walked up to me and asked me how your leg doing and all this other shit. I'm like, damn, dude. These people... These people would, if you got, these people would have taken a bullet for your fucking ass in Jackson, Mississippi. These people look to you as a role model. Like, you know that whole thing, never meet your heroes? Deion Sanders is an example of that. He is an example. I hate to say it that way because I grew up idolizing Deion Sanders. As a, I grew up being, idolizing him. My nickname used to be Prime. My nickname was Prime Time Ryan when I played baseball. 
But thinking about what he said, <laughs> like a dump on the city of Jackson, Mississippi. You basically took a dump on it. Then you go to Colorado and you're saying, well, um, well, it's crime free here. Wow, dude, really? Ask people who live in Colorado about how about Boulder. They'll tell you how fucking but prejudice you, But you know the thing about it is, and I will say this, that God has a way. <laughs> God has always has a way of showing us things. And I think that, uh, well, and I say God and I say karma. You know, I believe the old saying that God don't like ugly. It would not shock me at all if he's not successful at Colorado. I told you my uncle said he didn't think he was a great head coach. We're going to find out quickly how much of an impact he's going to have on Colorado right away. Because if he's he, he's already named his son as starting quarterback. I saw that the other day. So we're going to see how much success he has because there's a big difference between playing HBCU's team and playing D1 against Pac-12 teams. And the Pac-12 was probably the worst conference in the country, but they still have great teams like USC who are going to score points with Lincoln Riley. They're gonna, I mean, they're gonna, I think Dion is going to be humbled right, right immediately when he gets into the Pac-12 because people said, you know, I've, I was having a discussion with my ex. He's from Denver, and we were discussing it. And we were saying, you know, he's, you know, they were saying to me, they was like, yeah, you know, we got Dion now. That doesn't I mean you still got to talk kids into coming to Boulder, Colorado, basically almost in the middle of nowhere, but it's still cold. It's even in the middle of fucking Colorado. It's 5,280 feet below above sea level. Yeah, I mean, you got to talk. It's beautiful. I've been to Colorado. I've been to Denver. It's a beautiful area, but it's cold. It's not a lot of black people, and Colorado doesn't have a winning program. I don't give a damn who you are. And people say, oh, because he's Deion Sanders. Yeah, that's Deion Sanders. But the same time, understand something. This is Colorado. You got to compete now against USC. You got to compete now against Nebraska because Nebraska got them a pretty good damn head coach now. You got to compete yeah, against. Yeah, going to do a good job. Oh yeah, you got think... to, and now you got to compete, and you got to go into Oklahoma. You got to go into Texas and compete against those programs to get those players. Because my ex was trying to say, "Oh, there are a lot of good players in Colorado," and I was like, "Since when? Like, name one great player Colorado has had that everybody like we talked about the other day." So you're going to have to still compete. So I don't think that he he thinks because of who he is, he's going to be able to just be able to just go into anywhere and say, hi, I'm Deion Sanders and my son will come play for you. And some kids are going to fall for that. But you've you got to sell not just yourself, sir. You've got to sell the program. Colorado has never really been a great program. They have been average. Like you said, they won national championships 30-something years ago. But this is 30-something years ago. They won at the same time around Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a brand. Colorado is a brand. Notre Dame is a brand. And then, he, and then you got to sell this to black kids. You got to sell that you go to, because like I said, you got to be playing in the snow sometimes in the dead of, of, of winter in Colorado because it's not like playing. And then Colorado doesn't get a lot of exposure. That's another thing he's had to deal with. I can't name, but maybe twice they were on television this year. And I think one of them was against USC, maybe against 
UCLA or Arizona State. They won on TV a lot. And then when they are, it's another thing he may not like. They're probably going to be on late night on Pac-12 after dark. So most of the country is going to be in bed asleep by the time their game starts. So, you know, I am deadly interested to see how these kids are going to react to having to come there compared to somebody getting a scholarship offered to Nebraska or being offered even Texas Tech because they, that's what he's probably going against is those smaller names in various schools are probably going to be on TV a little bit more. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's just that I just think it's just the way he left. And it's like you profited off of black trauma you profited, you exploded black culture for your own. I mean, those were the questions that were asking me. Right. And everybody, she was, you know, those were the questions that were asking me because I said, you know, I look at, I look at things from, um, uh, you know, the thing is, um, people, you know. Um, I, and I, I told her, I said, I, I, I told her this and, you know, she asked me, she asked me, um, she had asked me, did he, you know, when I, when she asked me, um, did he capitalize off of black trauma? I mean, yes, because you think about, you think about this, you think about, uh, about this, you know, they, you think about the things about abandonment, like, you know, your dad, you know, in the, in the black community, you have like dads that leave the home and abandonment, like that abandonment issue. And when you have a coach that tells you all this and they leave after two years, that's personal. You know, you think about, I think about what happened with Coach O at, when he was the interim coach at USC. Those, those kids were hurt because that was like a father figure to them. And when when Lane Kiffin left Tennessee to go to uh, US to USC, you had cats that were ready to fight his ass. You had cats that were ready to fight it because it's personal. It's personal. And now Everybody's concerned about Shallow, his son Shallow, and Travis Hunter. And I say, I think Travis Hunter leaves. I think Shallow, I want to say Shallow stays, but there are people that want Travis Hunter to stay, uh, that want him to stay. Um, and um, the thing was, and I said, and I told her this, you know, they, you know, you, you know, um, you know, you don't kiss, you know, what we do in the black community is that we honor our elders. We show respect to the elders and the people who built a, 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 a tradition for us. And Dion did not do that. Dion never mentioned Eddie Robinson. He never mentioned um but what did, we say? what did that say, though? I said that he probably doesn't know anything about the swag, probably beyond that. He think, like I said, it's, like we've been saying, it's about him. He, you know, like I was telling you last night, like we were talking about Tiger Woods, and I said one thing you can say about Tiger, Tiger knew the history of black golfers in the PGA, and he had always honored them, especially when he won the first few years. When he, when he came onto the scene, he always talked about the, the, 
the ancestors and the elders that came before him. Deion Sanders doesn't know shit. I could, I probably could put a gun to his head right now. He probably could name uh, a bunch of blacks, old, uh, a bunch of black, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, a bunch of swag coaches right now from the past. He couldn't. He's not that dude. The thing about it is people, let me say something. The people, of, the thing about it is, is that he was wrong, first of all. I, I see both sides of this. First of all, he was wrong. What, like I said, just my whole main thing with him is not the fact that you left, it's how you left and, uh, and the excuses you made. Just be honest and say, I left because it was a better situation. That to me would have been honest and saying this is a better situation for me and my family. Don't sit there and bullshit. That's number one. Number two, as I said, black folks need to stop sitting up here and putting out eggs in one basket. Celebrities in general, I don't care who they are. Most of them are going to disappoint you. He's no different than anybody else out there. He's going to disappoint you and say and do some shit that you're not going to agree with. Stop sitting up here believing that people are actually just out for the community. Most people are out for themselves. We got to stop thinking like that. We got to stop taking the mentality that people, you know, just going to do whatever because they love black people. They love the black community. No, they're doing it for themselves nine times out of ten. And I think that we, right. that's the whole main point of this conversation. He don't, the bottom line, he don't give a fuck. And that is the bottom that, line. People need to come to expect. He don't care. <laughs> I, Stacey, I told people when he got hired that it was a gimmick. I kept telling people that shit. And they're like, man, you shouldn't be shitting on my school like that. You shouldn't be shitting on my school like that. I'm like, dude, oh, I oh, oh, they thought she was shitting on the HBCU. They thought, oh, well, people are shitting on the HBCU. No, ma'am. No, sir. We were telling you the truth. This man doesn't give a shit about you. They don't care about the school. <laughs> they, he, he don't care. He was always out for himself. He's pretty, I mean, if you look at his career in the NFL, which I forgot, he was with five different teams. I thought it was three. It was five. He was a missionary, yes. not missionary. He was a mercenary. He went to whatever yes. team. He was, he, was, um, he was with the Falcons. I mean, he was with the Cowboys, the Niners, the Ravens, um, the Ravens and the So I remember when he played for the, the Cowboys, but, it, but he was a mercenary even in baseball. I mean, he was played for the Yankees, played for the Reds, played for the Braves, played for um, – who else he played for? He played for the Giants, I think. He played for the Giants. I mean, he's been everywhere. And it's like, you know, Ricky Williams, for example. Ricky Williams was a running back coach at Incarnate Word in Texas. And he got a letter of recommendation to be in the, uh, the NFL coaching internship thing. Deion Sanders didn't do that. Nope, he didn't. You know, Eddie George graduated from Ohio State. You don't even see it. You barely, and everybody, yeah, Eddie George didn't have a career Deion Sanders had, very true. But Eddie George doesn't act like this. You don't never hear shit from, about Eddie George. And it's like the people in Jackson fell for the con. And I'm like, we told y'all this. And the moment I think, and now we'll move on to talking about the uh, move on to talk about the Heisman. The moment that clinched it for me was him going to Mississippi Valley, even though he helped raise money 
for uh, Mississippi Valley to get practice field. That's probably the only thing that he did. He went there. They brought a crew, a camera crew and shit. And they were like, he was just completely floored at how Mississippi Valley facilities look compared to Jackson State. And it was like, I'm thinking, okay, he's helping them. But then again, I'm like, dude, if you want to run a fucking, if you want to do a fucking reality TV show, do that. If you want to coach, coach. You can't do both. You get what I'm saying? You can't do both. And that's what he was trying to do at, at, at Jackson State. That's what he was trying to do. And I told people, we told y'all folks this shit was going to happen. And y'all wouldn't listen. Y'all were like, oh, you ain't know the HBC. Dude, a third of my family graduated from HBCU. They went to Dillard. They went to Tennessee State, Meharry Medical College. Well, I mean, I had family members also went to HBCU, but my mom went to South Alabama. Of course, I went to Alabama. You know, my grandmother went to Selma University, my uncle went to Southern, and my aunt went to Alabama State. So, of course, every family has HBCU grads. But at the same time, like I said, the main thing is that, and I, like I said, that's why I said I see it more from the fans' point of view, is they feel like they, uh, that they were bamboozled and they they were. I mean, let's be honest about it. They were. They, 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 and then Colorado fans they get the same treatment because he does well at Colorado. They're just a stepping stone to the next school, whatever the next school is. I mean, they got played. They got played. They, 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 they hurt, hurt. They like I said, I'm surprised they ain't cussed them out and all this other stuff. But people, they hurt, hurt. <laughs> they are hurt. I was shell shocked. I was shell shocked that they. I was shell shocked that they um that he went back to Jackson to coach the celebration ball. I'm like, you better be grateful that game is next week because if that game was at the end of. September or in January, and you went back to Jackson. Oh yeah, um, it wasn't going to end well. It wasn't going to end well. It wasn't going to end well for him. I feel like, you know, I feel like again, Stacey, they played them, and we told people. You know, he was talking about, you know, well, we're trying to do anytime a person, anytime a person, anytime a person, a person, um, says that they're for the coaches, they're fu- they're full of shit. They're full of shit. But anyway, switching gears and talking about the Heisman. Why is Stephen Bennett going to this shit? I said, quite frankly, because a lot of Southern guys think he is a bomb and he holds a 30 yard touchdown to the best player on the team, which is Brock Bars. Um, I said the other day, and I meant what I said, and I saw Peter Burns was talking shit about, oh, well, you know, we shouldn't be upset that uh, we should celebrate both bullshit. That's, I mean, Stetson Bennett 
has no business being in New York, period, in the discussion. And the fact of the matter is AP named Kendrick Hooker as Offensive Player of the Year, SEC Offensive Player of the Year. Bryce Young was second team All-SEC quarterback from the AP, AP team. The coaches named Kendrick Hooker SEC Offensive Player of the Year, and he was first team All-SEC. Stetson Bennett was second team, but still, no, make it make sense. But like I said, he's getting more credit for wins because it just pisses me off because, and I'm going to say this, I'm going to offend some people, but fuck it, I'm going to say it anyway. Mediocre, mediocre white people love supporting mediocrity. They really do. Stetson Bennett ain't that dude. He, and like I said, that he has been blessed, and I said this, and this is what me and Chris Mahler got into it a few weeks ago and trying to convince me that this guy was great. Going into the LSU game, he had 16 touchdowns. That's it. 16 throwing touchdowns maybe three or four rushes. Okay, that's it. Compared to I what mean, Bryce like, Young Hooker both had 27 touchdowns. Bryce Young last year as a, and the whole field, quite frankly, is a joke because Kenny Hooker and Bryce Young, they, they may not win it, but they both should have been invited over Stetson Bennett. And the fact of the matter is a number of a bunch of mediocre white men voting for another mediocre white man. And I'm sorry, if that offends people, be offended, but it's the fucking truth. That's exactly I, what I, I think. I think I saw this with um I saw this with the Carly, the Carly trophy in uh in, in Mississippi. And again, going back to uh Jackson State and uh Deion Sanders' son, Sidura Sanders. I wasn't one of those people that says Shadur Sanders should have won the Carnegie Trophy. And I said to somebody, I said, you think about this for a second. You think about this for a second, Stacey. If Shadur Sanders had played at Ole Miss, Southern Miss, or Mississippi State, he would have easily won the Carnegie Trophy because he was, the, to me, the best player in the state of Mississippi. He was far, by far the best player in the, in the state of Mississippi. But because he played at an HBC, because he played at Jackson State, he didn't win. He didn't win that. Uh, it went to uh, Quentin Justin, who, who had a phenomenal year at running back for Ole Miss. But how in the world do you pick when, uh, Justin over Shadur Sanders? I thought Shadur Sanders should have been the Conley Trophy winner. And I don't think in the in the time since they've been doing the Connerly Trophy in Mississippi, and I'm just looking at it right now, the Connerly Trophy, because it's been around since 1996. And I want to say, I don't know how many have won trophies won by school. Okay, uh, nobody from... Mississippi Valley, Alcorn State, or Jackson State has ever won. The most um, has been um, Ole Miss with 10, Mississippi State with 9, Southern Miss with 4. And again, again, I feel like, I felt like if he had played at a school like Ole Miss or Southern Miss, or Jackson, or Southern Miss, or Mississippi State, he would have won. The, he would have won the Conley uh, Trophy. I thought he should have been invited to the Heisman, the Heisman uh, Trophy, in um, 
uh, ceremony in New York. But again, when you're when most of your games are on ESPN three, you're not going to get that much exposure because not everyone's going to watch ESPN. You get what I'm saying, Stacey? I mean, I get that, but I also think to me it also has to do with competition. That's what I'm saying. When they go to get, it's going to be different. We're going to see how really good he is when he has to compete against Division One players. Nothing against Jackson State players, but it's only probably a handful of them who are actually going to be NFL players. You're going against potentially several guys that are going to be have NFL potential. So it's going to he's going to have his opportunity when he goes to Colorado to show out. And I get that. But I think with Stetson Bennett, we all know. I mean, it just pisses me off. We all know that Stetson Bennett is surrounded by tons of talent. And yet, and like I said, Brock Bowers should be. Brock Bowers should be in New York over Stetson Bennett. There shouldn't be an argument. And Georgia fans, even Georgia fans deep down know that Brock Bowers, Brock Bowers, I keep on saying his name wrong, is, the, is better than their quarterback. And yet we're seeing people trying to bullshit. And I'm like, I said, the biggest travesty of them all. And, and let's leave out Bryce Young for a minute. Bryce was probably never going to go because of his injury and Alabama's quote-unquote down year. But Hendon Hooker deserved to go. And the fact that he wasn't even invited just proves to me, and I said this the other day, and I'm going to continue to say it. I might even write about it. Writers have no business voting for the Heisman Trophy. None of them. Because there's always going to be a regional bias or a bias, period. For one particular player. We saw it happen in the 90s with Charles Woodson. Everybody jumped on the Charles Woodson bandwagon because we saw so many offensive players, particularly quarterbacks, win the Heisman Trophy. ESPN jumped on that bandwagon to push Charles Woodson. Not that he wasn't deserving, because obviously he was. He's a Hall of Famer. But at the time, you know, Peyton Manning had a really good year, and they pushed the agenda. So when the media starts pushing the agenda for players, they didn't mm-hmm. like uh, you know, Fox did last year for C.J. Stroud. Even though Bryce Young put up incredible numbers, played against better competition, you know, beat the best, number one team in the country at the time when they played them in the SEC championship game, which pretty much the Auburn game in that game sold it. That was it for Bryce winning. And he had his Heisman moment in the Auburn game. That was done. But these, I mean, to me, cut the media out. The only people who should be voting for the Heisman are Heisman Trophy winners. That's it. I don't think anybody, and like I said, right. I think you need to change that uh, the the voting situation, and I think also, um, I think also when I think of Heisman moments, like Johnny Manziel's Heisman moment was beating Alabama, right? Joe Burrow's moment was twenty nineteen beating y'all in Tuscaloosa. When I see like Devontae Smith, his moment was beating us, okay? In 2011, I was a person that said Trent Richardson deserved the Heisman he more did. than RG3. Because Trent Richardson was a phenomenal running back. He was a phenomenal running back. Like, that was my, that's my, that's like one of my favorite non-LSE players of all time. He deserved it more in RG3 because and it's not because of the win-loss record there were a couple of games there were a couple of moments that earned that should have gotten him to hide especially like that run against Ole Miss Ole when Miss, y'all beat him yeah, yeah when he stopped and started that should have won in the Heisman right there 
But that's but what I'm the, saying. It's bias. It's reasonable bias. The, but, and then also, when you think about it, like how many players have won the Heisman uh, in the past, you know, like, you know, out west. Like, you know, in my lifetime, there's been, you know, when you think of like out west, like Colorado, Utah, Oregon, there's Marcus Mariota, Matt Leiner, Carson Palmer, Reggie Bush. You've had, let's see, that's four. Rashawn Salam, that's five. So there's been like five players west of the Mississippi, five players west of Kansas City. I would say maybe west of Kansas City. They have won the the Heisman in my life, in, in, in my lifetime. You know, mostly when you think of out west, you think of there's Ricky Williams, there's Johnny Manziel. There's Andre Ward, there's Jason White, there's uh, Sam Bradford, there's Baker Mayfield. Um, but I think here's the thing, though, that just proves my point about the, the media is that I didn't realize this. My boss with the comeback, one of my editors did a thing because he's talking about Don McPherson. He went to Syracuse and he said Don McPherson should have won the Heisman Trophy under, over Tim Brown of Notre Dame. And I looked at the stats, and I did not realize. Do you realize in Tim Brown's Heisman year, he only had four touchdowns and less than a thousand? And the offense, <laughs> offense. I mean, compared no. to Devontae Smith, Devontae Smith won the same or a same award for wide receiver. Devontae Smith almost had two thousand yards receiving and twenty-four motherfucking touchdowns. Not counting, not counting the return he had against Arkansas. So twenty-five touchdowns. Basically, two thousand yards receiving, unheard of. Basically, these days, and uh, I mean, but compared to Tim, Tim Brown, uh-huh. had one hundred thirty-six yards and four touchdowns. That's it, and he won the fucking uh-huh. He went to Notre Dame. Don McPherson should have won, and that was his case. And I said, this think, I say, I have no business voting for the Heisman. When you think about it, also at the same time, Stacey. Look at how offenses played back in the 1980s as opposed to now. Like, the, really, the only teams that were doing pro-style shit was Miami. Miami and Penn State was kind of like the only, the only ones doing pro-style stuff. You know, um, at Houston, they had a run and shoot with Andre Ward, where they were putting up football numbers. I mean, they hung 90 in a game. Like, they were hanging up 80. They hung 84 points on, on, on uh, SMU one day. I remember that. So, so a lot of what they did was like it wasn't like now someone throwing five thousand yards for five thousand yards in the season or four thousand yards in the season. That's normal. But back then they weren't doing that shit. People don't realize that. You know. But still, but that's ridiculous. And I did, I should have looked at more closely Don McPherson's numbers, but the fact of the matter is he shouldn't have won. Take away the punt return. He had three touchdowns and less than a thousand yards receiving, and he won because he went to Notre Dame. There is no fucking I, way these days. I mean, anybody, and I realize no. compared to the '80s, but there's no fucking way. It's just like how did Paul Horning win the Heisman Trophy over Johnny Majors? Oh, and then Notre Dame didn't win, but two games a year he won the Heisman, and yeah. he won. The Heisman. Yeah. This is the kind of shit I'm talking. This is gonna be a good story for me when I write it. And. Uh, the the media and like it's I said, not looking at Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett is gone because of the fact that Georgia's forever known. That's the only reason he's there. 
because had Hendon Hooker not won, lost for one game and not gotten hurt, he'd be in New York. It's no excuse for this. And that's why I'm like, the media does not need to vote for the Heisman. I don't give a damn anymore. If they're going to let the media vote, let it be a small percentage, let them pick out maybe, maybe at the most, 25 to 50 media members from across the country, divide it up into the regions and get maybe, yeah, maybe 40 of them, 10, 20, 30, 40, you know, 10 from each region, you get to vote. And that's how you do the shit. But do not, or just like I said to me, cut out the media completely and just have, there are a lot of let, voters who are alive. Let them vote. Let Tim Brown vote. Let Derrick Henry vote. Let these guys vote. And let the guys who have won the actual award vote and not these people who are biased. Because a lot of these guys may have never seen, you know, Stetson Bennett play. And like I said, I know Stetson Bennett got voted on because a lot of the Southern voters, these Southern white guys voted for him. But you know, people on the West Coast probably didn't, don't think much about Stetson Bennett. He's probably going to be finishing dead last in the voting. We know this because he didn't put up great numbers. But this is the kind of stuff that to me, let the, there are enough Heisman voters alive that they could, you know, narrow it down to the it's ones that are It's not like you don't, it's a lot, I think maybe 40 or 40 or 50 still alive, I think. What? I mean, there's a lot. You know, I know you got Archie, Archie Griffin, you got Steve Furrier or Campbell, Marcus you know, Allen. Roger Starbuck, Derrick Henry, you know. Derrick uh, Henry, Tim Brown. Ricky. These people are actually alive. Ricky, Ricky Williams. All these people can vote. Let them do the voting. And it would, to me, be more prestigious because it's actually coming from Heisman winners. These are who the Heisman winners think. And, so, and then, like I said, and they should make a list of who they think should be Heisman, who should be. Because teams, I mean, if you want to sit there and send in who you think from your team should be considered for the Heisman, cool. And then you narrow it down to maybe a list of 10, and these are the 10 guys, and then you cut it down to four or five. Because it makes yeah. Will Anderson should have been there in New York. How the hell does the guy, the guy from Michigan, Will Anderson had better stats than what's-his-face from Michigan last year, Aiden Hutchinson. He had better stats. Will Anderson didn't even get an invite. This is the kind of stuff we're talking about. And a lot of that, like yeah. I said, he knew that Mark Young was going to win. So they didn't want to invite Will Anderson because of the of the, of the Bama bias. So they didn't. That's what I'm saying. Media, uh-uh. Media does shouldn't vote on Heisman. Nope. You're right. I mean, it's like the thing about with 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 how they do it is is crazy. It's just like what I saw with the Connolly Trophy in Mississippi. I'm like, Trevor Sanders should have won the Connolly Trophy. Okay, that guy was the best quarterback in the state of Mississippi. He had better numbers, I believe, than Will Rogers at Mississippi State. His team finished unbeaten. Regardless of how you feel about his dad, he should have won the Connolly Trophy. And I believe because he goes, because it's this bias with Jackson, I mean, because of the competition, Jackson State didn't really play anybody. Jackson State didn't, here's the, here's the thing that I, I know we, we, way off the topic, Jackson State didn't play any FBS schools when Deion was there because Deion Sanders didn't want to play any money yet. See, that's the thing. That's what people don't realize. Like, you look at, like, schools like Sam, you played 
North Carolina, and they gave them the game. Okay. Jackson State didn't play any 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 FBS schools. And I don't and because Dion said, well, there are money games and I'm tired of, you know, he was always talking about the money. He didn't, let's be honest, he didn't want to lose because he didn't want his team to go because somebody said, why don't you play Alabama? And he said, we're not at the point that we're ready to play Alabama. No, because he know he gets to go to Tuscaloosa, they would have made a million dollars and got destroyed. He wasn't going to do that. He wasn't going to do it. Even, even, I mean, shit, Southern Southern has played Tulane. Alcorn State has played Tulane. Rambling has played Tulane. Um, He's not coming to he's not coming to New Orleans to play C one. He's not. Cause he doesn't want to get embarrassed. See, that's the other thing that nobody wants to talk about. He didn't want to get embarrassed. No. He, he didn't, didn't want to get And I'll say also another thing. When they won the SWAC championship last year, they didn't even throw a parade for them in Jackson. Jackson the, the city of Jackson, they didn't even throw a parade. I was like, those kids deserve something. And I hate that he decided to throw a rant in their undefeated season. They've never finished 12-0 in their history. And now they have a chance to finish 13-0. And I'm very, I'm really curious to see how they are going to respond to respond to him being on that sideline next Saturday. I'm very curious because I literally thought they weren't going to win against Jackson, against Southern and they blew the doors off of Southern. But the disrespect and everything, that's got to stop. That's got to stop. But now we go to the one last thing. Georgia, congratulations. You saved democracy and you, you elected sanity. Uh, Stacey, I wrote a column this morning. And I'm, I'm not sure if you read my newsletter this morning. I wrote about Georgia. I wrote about Herschel Walker. I also said, you know what? Here's what they did. The Georgia Republican Party, Donald Trump, decided to prop out this dude, this football hero, and say, well, look, Black people love football. The Blacks are going to support him. The Blacks are going to support a guy who hasn't played football in 25 years because he can score football. He has the same color. So, you know, black people are going to support black people. Right. Uh, but, you know, I'm not shocked by this. I mean, and I told you last night that Herschel Walker was eating up the rural parts of Georgia. We knew this was going to happen. But whereas, you know, Warnock won, he won in the larger, bigger cities. He won Savannah. He won Columbus. He won Savannah. Uh, he won, yeah, Savannah, Columbus, and Atlanta. And I said that was going to happen. Yes, it was close, and people are shocked that it was close. But I was like, y'all should forget. This is still the this is still the deep south, you know. Mm. You know that's what people tend to forget that they were shocked. People, I mean, seventy to eighty percent of white southerners are Republican. They're going to vote for the Republican guy, black or white. They're going to vote for Republicans. The miracle of the fact that Raphael Warnock still won in Georgia, not once but twice, and technically three three times because he won his primary. It's like I said, it shows you that the, the South is changing. The Republicans are 
sitting up there so busy trying to kiss the ass of Trump voters that they're slowly but surely, they're losing the South. It's being taken from them. They're, they've already been <laughs> Virginia. They're losing Georgia. They're going to lose Georgia. Now, North Carolina is probably going to be the next one to fall. And it's getting to the point now that they won't need Florida and they won't need Texas to win elections. They did it the last time. And Joe Biden won without Florida and Texas. Those are supposed to be the big ones. You're supposed to get Florida and Texas. Florida, Texas, and Ohio, to me, have become obsolete to the Democrats now. But, but also, and also, Ohio doesn't, Ohio has never gone for a Catholic, for a Catholic, um, a Catholic uh, presidential candidate. That's just the facts on facts right there. But I also think that my whole thing regarding Herschel Walker, it was the, the, the blatant insult. It was a blatant insult to Black voters in the state of Georgia. 100%. It was a... 100%. And I'm going to say this. I'm like, you took this advance. You were like, okay, he's a, he's a, uh, he's a football hero. Black people love football. So they're going to gravitate to him. It was no different than what I, and I'm not sure if you read my newsletter this morning. It's no different than years ago. It was a lady named Charlotte Bergman. Charlotte Bergman was this black Republican from Memphis that ran against Steve Cohen, who is a Jewish white dude from Midtown, who I known for years. I remember when he was the state senator. And I always tell people, I say, Steve Cohen is who you think Bernie Sanders is. The only reason why he doesn't get that much press is because he's in the South. He's not in the North. He's not up North. So they have put Charlotte Bergman can whip Steve, uh, Steve Cohen. They put whip signs, like can whip. They use violent words to um, violent words to encourage black people to vote for Charlotte Bergman. And in the white neighborhoods, they say Charlotte Bergman can win. They never say whip, beat, any of those things. The trick was that black people were so stupid that they'll gravitate to words like beat and whip. It was very insulting. And they propped her out to be this black bull. She was a black mammy. She was a black mammy, and she ran against Steve Cohen six times and got her ass cooked. She, the most she's ever gotten in percentage-wise is about 23 to 24% of the vote. 23, about 23 to 24% of the vote. You know, I heard the statistic last night. They said only 3% of black people in Georgia voted for Herschel Walker. That means 97% of black people voted for the more name. They really thought that we were going to vote for, for Walker because he was black and he was a football. That, and, and if you saw Jamal Bryant's um, speech a few weeks ago when he was preaching at his church, he broke it down perfectly. He said, Herschel Walker has been told by white folks since he was 16 years old what to do. Told when to get up, when to lay down, when to run, when to not to run. And I'm talking about running, you know, just running, you know, being, playing football doing all this stuff, how to get abortions. He said, you don't think they're not going to sit there and tell him how to vote? Of course they... And then the mentality, a lot of Republicans think that we think like that, that, oh, 
they'll vote for him because he's black and he's running football. We don't, and they still don't know. And they still, like I said, watching Fox News and I was dying laughing at them sitting up there having a fit because of the fact that he lost and, and, and Laura Ingham saying she was pissed. Well, it's your own damn fault because as I said this morning, you can't, only a third of the country, a third, votes Republican. That's a third. Not two-thirds, a third of the country votes Republican. The rest of us are either Democrats or they're independent. You're not going, you're, they're losing the, they're losing the demographics every, I mean, yeah, the, 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 they're losing the demographics every day. They're losing. Because as it, like I said, it's, 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 it's not even a gay, female, male. They're losing. And I mean, all they're getting is white people. Party anymore? It's not. It's like it's a cult. It's like it's so like it's so like the thing I would say. Okay, um, for example, I'll say this. Um, I had a crush on a redheaded girl, um, that I would see at the bar uh, that I would frequent. Okay, so here's what it was. Here's like I thought she was cute and everything. So one time on Facebook, he bragged about being banned from the bar I go to. And I remember talking to a friend of mine, a guy named Sam. I told Sam, I said, look, anytime a woman says that they've been banned for a bar and they brag about it, it tells it's very unladylike to me. It very unladylike. unladylike. Because it tells me that you do not know how to function around other adults. So I said, just because you fine as hell doesn't mean I will date you. Because you have to bring something, you have to bring something uh, beyond looks to the table. I say, you ever want to know why guys still love uh, women like, like, why guys still love women like, um, I'll say Marissa Tomei. Like, Marissa Tomei is someone I could definitely date. Because she has like a lot of qualities that I look for in a woman. And more than likely, she probably can fry pork chops. I can't say that for other people. I can't say that for other people. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I, 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 she don't look like the pork chop eating kind. She looks like the baked chicken kind. Let's put it that way. But 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 the but where I'm going with it is just because you find as hell, it doesn't mean I'm gonna date you. And if you find as hell, you run political office, I'm not gonna, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna. Uh, if you if you find as hell, I'm not gonna vote for you. I'm not gonna vote for you because you find hell. I'm gonna vote for you because you stand, well, because of what you stand on on the issue. And I think that's the thing that um that needs to be um. That needs to be discussed. It's like you gotta understand, like people, black people are not ticket voters. They're very damn informed. And I think that in in and putting Herschel Walker up there and then Christian Walker, whew, he destroyed his dad. I was like, damn. Like when that shit happened, I was like, you know what? Your ass is cooked. Because you cannot maneuver the same way. As someone like a Tommy Tuberville could maneuver. Tommy Tuberville didn't have any of these. Uh, Tommy Tuberville didn't have any of these issues. 
He didn't have any of these issues. Hardly. I mean, he didn't have any scandals when he ran. Herschel Walker had a boatload of them. And that's why I ran my well, I know, like I said, but and I agree. I I wrote about Christian Walker the other day. I mean, at the other day, I wrote about it today how he whipped his dad. But Herschel had so many issues, it, and it, and that was one of the main things I think. And I I think we also heard him because if you looked at the if you looked at MSNBC, uh, Warner did better than he did the first time, and the and the and the counties he won, he won his communities. You know, maybe about seventy two, seventy three percent. He won them this time 75, 76%. So he won, I mean, people came out even more against, you know, Herschel. But like you said, black people, the main thing, and Jory was saying this on MSNBC, is that we don't like to be embarrassed. It would have been embarrassment to have him up there. And I'll give him credit. Let me give Herschel some credit. He was gracious in defeat. He didn't say, we're going to fight this. He looked like he was tired. And somebody said, maybe he came to the realization he was being used. Maybe so. But I know his son ripped him a new A talking about him, but I think the reality of the situation, the Republicans are, like I said, them saying there's going to be a, a red tsunami, totally out of touch with what's going on with the voters. How can you not think when all these women have said, and I told you, the women were going to make a difference. People don't, people, first of all, they were against Roe versus Wade, so that was going to be a big issue. And like the other issue was Trump and Trumpism. People don't want the crazy. And I said this morning, people don't want this country ran by fascists and idiots. That's Republicans, a uh, majority of them don't, well, I won't say the majority, some of them still don't get it. They don't want this country ran by fascists. And they don't want fascism to take over this country. And they don't want the country run by idiots like Herschel Walker. We don't want that. That's, that, that's what y'all want. Y'all will vote for anybody because they got an audience to his name. And as long as they can run Herschel, as um, Jamal Bryant said, that's all that matters. But it has to mean more to people. And people realize we don't want this. And that's what Republicans still don't get. We don't want this. We don't want this. And because nobody, we nobody wants it. I mean, it's like, that's the thing. And it's like, this is why I told someone your vote matters. Don't never, never let anyone tell you your vote doesn't matter. You know, you got Corey Lake trying to fight Look, Corey Lake, this is my message to you. You lost. The unpromatic, unpromatic MILF won. I mean, Katie Hobbs went from the Karen calling the cops to, I was like, man, I was like, damn, she a MILF. The, the, the MILF, she a MILF. I ain't gonna lie. I was like, Carol, I said a few weeks ago, Carrie Lake looked like she's trying to pass. And I'm still convinced that she she black. She's somewhere in that family. She likes skin or either she got some black in her family. Because I saw she her. Got some, she got some black. All you got to do is ask her, has she seen the movie Friday? If she's seen the movie Friday, she's black. But she then also. You see that picture? She looked like Jane Kennedy. If you know who Jane Kennedy is, she looked just like Jane. And that's an insult to Jane Kennedy because Jane Kennedy is gorgeous. But that's exactly what she also, 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 also during, also, also, we forgot to give our condolences to the family of Irene Carver. I uh, think photos of Irene Carver from when she was younger, even recently, I'm like, now I understand why the guys that crushed on her, I understand why they in mourning. 
I understand because she was a beautiful woman. Even though she died, she didn't hardly age. And did they say what happened to her? They said someone saying that she got had COVID. They, you know, someone said that she had COVID. I don't even know. But the most important thing is that it kind of dawned on me that our crushes are mortal. You know, our crushes are mortal. I mean, look. Lord Jesus, if Marissa Tomei dies, look, I, 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 please put me on the, you know, the prayer list. <laughs> like, I just learned that one of my local crushes is leaving New Orleans for L.A. I just learned, like, this afternoon, Stacey, uh, one of the uh, news anchors here in town. And I was like, I was like, man, I need a moment. He's leaving New Orleans for L.A.? I was like, you know what? I ain't got nothing to do, but it's not. I ain't got. I can't knock it. She's probably getting a better pay, better pay, greater opportunities. I mean, she grew up here, uh, cause she knows some of my friends. She grew up here in New Orleans. I have no other choice but to respect that. You know, it's no different than me coming to New Orleans after living in Memphis for almost thirty years. But anyway, Stacey, folks, we are coming to the close of the Brian and Stacey show. As always, thank you for your time this time. And until next time, we will see you down the road. Say goodnight, Stacey. Goodnight, Stacey. Y'all be careful out there. Merry Christmas to you. Same here. And, and also, please don't do anything that, don't, don't do anything I would do. Uh, the Christmas the, the Christmas special will be coming pretty soon. Uh, it'll probably be a holiday special because we'll be joined by people like Tulane Camille, uh, Tulane Camille, and some thank of the characters. Thank you for Camille and Tulane. Let's give them a hand because they're going to I think a New Year's Six Bowl. So good. The cotton Bowl. Cotton Bowl. They're, they're going, going to the Cotton Bowl. Yay! Good for them. So I actually saw. I actually told you I saw on the field. I sent. I sent you the photo that I saw on the field. And it was amazing. It was amazing. But the holiday special is coming soon. We'll see you down the road.